do this. I want to encourage you. I hope tonight in Jesus' name I want to teach about questioning. And questioning is not bad. Sometimes we think questions are bad. Don't question God, things like that. Don't question your pastor. But I want to talk tonight about questioning and how they correlate to our salvation and how it's okay to have questions. It's okay to have questions. Tell your neighbor it's okay to ask questions. It's not wrong to ask questions. God loves it when we ask questions. It's how we gain. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Now you can be seated. I don't know why I had you stand, but I thought I was going to read a scripture and I I didn't have one, but thank you for standing, at least for that. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. I think this storm should pass by around, actually, I think we're going to be okay by the time we get out of service. So I did get a text. Someone couldn't make it because it's kind of hitting hard right now. But I looked at the weather, so I think we're going to be all right. We'll have service, and hopefully by 9 o'clock, things can pass over. You can get home safely. So I don't think there's anything to worry about that, and uh, the Lord will take care of us. But you might hear something hit us here pretty soon. But in Jesus' name, we're going to be all right. Tonight, I felt like talking about saved by questions, saved by questions. I've been talking a lot about salvation. Tonight's kind of like the cousin of the salvation series, and I want to take some time tonight, and I want to comfort you and teach you about asking questions the right way. I think a lot of times we grow up in church. How many have been told, don't ever question God? You ever heard that before? How many ever been told maybe back in the day, don't you ever question your past, you're going to go to hell? Yeah. So we're scared to question the Bible. We're scared to question God. We think we're wrong. And what we do is, is we actually question God in our hearts. We just don't say it out loud. How many of you will confess and say you've questioned God silently right here in your mind, but you didn't dare want to say it because you thought it would be wrong? God can read your thoughts. I hope that tonight when I'm preaching, every time I say something cool, God goes, thunder, 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 thunder. I'm going to try to pause every now and then and see if the Lord won't speak to someone tonight. So what are the types of questions? Uh, number one, there's assuming questions. Assuming questions, which can make you confess. It's like uh, you ask somebody a question, but really you're not asking a question. You're just assuming something. And those kind of questions can make people want to confess. Uh, then you have impossible questions. Those questions are meant to make you feel dumb. <laughs> and uh, really smart people that are really good at book knowledge will ask you some of the dumbest questions, and they're not asking you because they think you know the answer. They're asking because they like to feel smarter than you. I've been around people who are like, now, you know how many, you know how many, uh, uh, you know, stars in our solar system, right? They don't, they don't think you know the answer. They're hoping you don't know the answer. They're only asking you because they want you to say, I don't know, and then they want to tell you the answer. Yeah. So they're the kind of questions that are impossible for most people to know, and the reason they ask the question is because they want to feel smart. Maybe you've heard somebody ask a question like that before. A completely irre irrelevant question that they wanted to feel smart around you. They knew you probably didn't know the answer, but they ask you anyway because they, they know the answer. So they ask you the answer so they can feel smart. I call them impossible questions. Then you have these questions called rhetorical questions. And those questions are not meant for you to answer. Did you know that? Some of you don't know whether to answer that question or not. Is that rhetorical? Like one time I asked a question when I was preaching, and I said, how many of you have struggled with, like, with cussing? And somebody said, me, in church. That was a rhetorical question. I'm not actually wanting you to say out loud so that everybody can know that you struggle with saying curse words. That was a rhetorical question. 
So there are rhetorical questions where you ask the question not so people will confess it before everybody, but you ask it so people will think about it and consider it, okay? The, the, the master would oftentimes ask the student uh, rhetorical questions so that they would think about it and ponder it in their hearts. So questions can be powerful. You can ask questions so people will think. It's not wrong to ask questions to get people to think if the intention is pure. And then there are sincere questions. There are sincere questions that people literally want to know what you think. You can feel a sincere question. You can sense it. It's not meant to trap you because we use questions to trap people. We use questions to trick people. They did it to Jesus all the time. They would ask the master questions hoping it would trap him and make him seem stupid in public. Not everybody that asks questions has a good, pure intention. Not everybody that asks questions of the master really wants to learn the master. Not everybody that asks you questions really cares about what you think. Some people just want to hurt you with their questions. Okay? So what we're going to find out in tonight's lesson is that questions aren't wrong. The intention can be wrong. Questions are not wrong in and of themselves, but it's the intention to hurt or damage someone that can be wrong. You can have a sincere desire to learn and to grow, and the question cannot be wrong. The Bible is full of questions from person to person, from God to people, even from people to God. The Bible is full of questions. While questions are powerful and even required for salvation, questions are not exclusively pure in and of themselves. Questions can be harmful depending on your intentions. Carnal questions are rooted from a selfish agenda or a deceived heart. You can ask questions to trap somebody, to embarrass somebody, to prove they don't know something, trying to hurt them. Some people ask you questions to make themselves feel superior. They come across like they just were curious, but we all know they weren't curious. They were trying to do something with that question. Something wasn't right. It didn't pull out of you a desire to answer it. It made you feel unsafe, uncomfortable. It made you feel like they were coming at you with a hint instead of just coming at you and asking the, the real question they want to ask. They ask a side question. Like, did you know or do you know how far Pluto is from Earth? Is that something we should all know? Most people do not know that. And they know, that person knows, that most people don't know the answer to how far, how many light years Pluto is away from the Earth. They had no intention of asking you the question because they didn't know the answer. But they asked you the question because they wanted to feel smarter than you. Yeah, it's the truth. Yep. Rarely do they say, oh, me either. I was just curious if you knew. Usually like, it's 14,000 light years away. And then there's this weird, awkward silence where you feel dumb and they feel smart. Just look at them like, why are we talking about that? Like, we had a lot of problems in life. Why are we talking about Pluto? A, a quick note, just real quick. 
earthly wisdom is not impressive in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, your earthly wisdom is non-transferable. What that means is it doesn't matter how good you are in the ways of Egypt when you get in the kingdom of God. You can't come in the kingdom of God rich and smart with a lot of degrees and college and positions and be something in the church because we don't measure success like the world. It doesn't matter to us or to God how good you are with Egypt. What matters in the kingdom is how close you are and how much you know about God. So it's non-transferable. It's not impressive. God, let us never lift up those among us who have earthly knowledge or earthly talents over those who walk close to God and know the Word of God. Don't ever fall for the trap, church family, of getting close to a brother or a sister who seems smart in the earth. That's not impressive to God. That's not impressive to the kingdom. That's not impressive one bit. What's impressive in the kingdom is people who know how to pray, who know the Word of God, who have the fruit of the Spirit, uh, who work in the gifts of the Spirit, uh, who are submitted and humble and don't have pride or anger. That's, that's the kind of people in the kingdom who are popular. Those are the kind of people who get the most attention in the church. So let us not fall for the traps of people who have earthly wisdom. Don't be impressed by how much money they have or earthly success they have. Let us never lift up those who have earthly money and success over the financially broken and the spiritually blessed at AFC. You can be dirt poor because you just gave it all away to the homeless, uh, and you can be spiritual and be blessed at the same time. Let us never look down on people because of what they have in this world because it's not impressive if they're not spirit-led. God is not impressed with anything more than your dedication to him, and neither should the people of God be. God is not impressed with our earthly possessions or knowledge. It's not impressive. You know, if you want to gain popularity in the kingdom of God, stop talking about earthly stuff and talk about the kingdom. If you really want to get people to go, wow, 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 you're special, then start talking about the Lord and his goodness and his mercies and his grace. Talk about what he's done for you. Talk about where he's brought you from. Talk about how he's blessed you. That's the kind of people in the church that get the highest applause. Only a carnal church brags on people who are carnal. And a spiritual church brags on people who are spiritual. Let me get close to spiritual people. Let's get a culture at AFC that we, we, we really lift up people who are close to God. Not people that seem like they have it good in the world by the world's standards. You know, our enemy loves to question God. Our enemy loves to question humanity even. Satan questioned God about Job asking if he would let him damage Job, hurt him. Satan questioned Eve about sin to get her to question the truth that God had told her. The devil loves to question us, loves to put questions in us. The devil loves to even question God. But his intentions are not pure. His intentions are not to bless. His intentions are to steal, kill, and destroy. So not all questions are meant to bless and to make us more holy. Some questions are meant to destroy us. 
Don't be deceived by the curious Christians in church who ask questions with a bad intention. Don't be deceived by the curious people who don't really want to know the answer. They just want to get you away from God or get you on their agenda. God, help us to ask the right questions because even the devil can ask good questions that take us away from God. Then there are pure questions that are not satanic. They are not wrong or evil. I would call them Christian questions, and they demand several things from us. Number one, Christian pure questions demand curiosity, a lack of satisfaction. I am not content with where I am, God. I am not happy with where I am right now. You said I can have the promise. I'm going for the promise. Curiosity is something you must possess if you're going to be a questioner because you are not happy with where you are. You're not content with status quo or the average. But when you begin to get a heart of pure questions, it's because you're curious about what else you can learn about God. You're curious about what else you can do in the kingdom. That's the kind of positivity that we need with questioning God. God, can I become this? God, can I be this? God, can I work for you? A curiosity because I, I am not satisfied. That's what it takes to be a, a Christian that asks the right questions. Curiosity requires you to have a teachable spirit. The reason we don't ask the right questions is because we don't want anybody to tell us the right answers. If you're not a teachable, submissive person, you will not ask questions for pure intention. If you don't want to learn or grow in your walk with God, you will not ask sincere questions about your journey. You will avoid those questions. You will divert. So we have to be curious, number one. Number two, it requires humility. To be a Christian that asks the right questions and has a questioning spirit about you, you, you have to have humility because only pride assumes that it knows everything. Only pride assumes that it knows everything, and it takes humility to ask a question. You can't be a tough, strong person and ask questions because a tough, strong person won't ask for help. They think they know everything. Only pride refuses to ask questions and get help. And when you have humility, humility shows up through questions. I'd like to learn more. I'd like to see where I'm going wrong. I haven't figured out how to pray everything the right way. I don't know everything about God. So whenever you ask questions, you must have humility. That's why it's so powerful to be someone that asks the right questions. Faith is number three. In order to be a Christian that questions, you have to have faith to ask questions. Because faith expects an answer. It's no longer afraid of what it will find. You see, the reason we don't ask questions is because we're afraid of the answer. It's the reason we avoid God. It's the reason we avoid our spiritual leadership because we think that we won't be judged if we don't know. You will be judged. You'll be judged. There was a time God winked at ignorance, but not anymore. God does not look the other way because God knows you could ask. You can't say anymore, I don't know what the Bible says. You can pull it up on your phone. 
There was a time when God winked at ignorance. There was a time when God said, I don't have to worry because you don't have access to the full truth, but not anymore. Y'all, you've got a pastor, a church, a brother, a Bible. You've got everything you need to find the answers. We will not escape the judgment of not asking. And the reason we don't ask is because we don't believe that we're going to find something good for us. We believe we'll find something that will hurt us. It's a trust issue, a faith issue, and we get afraid of what we'll find. We're scared of what we find. You know, asking questions can be, a, can be a massive mess because when you ask someone a question, you get an answer that you didn't know before, and you can be afraid of what you'll find when you question things. So it takes faith to ask the right questions. Curiosity, humility, faith. Faith questions to uncover the hidden things. We don't ask because we kind of like not knowing things. We can play like we don't know. We get afraid of what we'll find, but fear not because what you will find, fear not what you will find when you begin to dig deeper by asking questions because truth will always set you free. It will never lock you up. So fear not when you ask a question because of the answers that are going to come your way because you will never find anything but truth when you sincerely ask God a question. And when you find the truth, you will find your freedom. And the reason we're locked up and bound is because we refuse to ask the right questions. So I encourage you tonight, go ahead and have enough faith to ask anyway. Have enough faith to ask anyway. But I like not knowing. Don't you do that. Don't hide. Don't be deceived. Ask the questions. You will never go wrong asking the tough questions. Asking questions produces truth. Truth produces real freedom. If you feel locked up tonight, if you feel bound tonight, it's probably because you're not asking the right question. So being a question asking, asking Christian requires you to have curiosity, humility, and faith. Thank you, brother. He's already memorizing my message. It's okay to question God. It's okay to question God. It's not okay to doubt God. It is totally okay to go, God, I don't understand why. You're asking not because you're putting God on trial. You're asking because I'm a finite human being. And his ways are higher than my ways. And I would love to have insight to what God is doing secretly in my heart. There's nothing wrong with asking God why you're going through what you're going through. There is nothing wrong with wanting to know what God is up to in your life. But there is something wrong when God doesn't give you the answer that you want. Or God doesn't tell you fast enough by looking at God saying, I can't believe you would do this. That's wrong. But there's nothing wrong with having curiosity about what God is up to. You just can never let that curiosity turn into doubt. Because sometimes not getting an answer is your answer. When God is quiet, he has spoken. What is the answer God gives you when God doesn't give you your answer? I'm not telling you. That's an answer. 
when you ask God a question and he doesn't give you an answer, it's because it's better for you not to know the answer. It could destroy you if you knew the reason. It could hurt you if you knew the reason. God's protecting you from knowing things that you're not ready to handle. So you got to trust him when you ask him a question. He doesn't give you an answer. Yeah. The difference in, in what I'm talking about tonight, the difference is in expectation. One expects revelation or a blessing in the answer. The other expects nothing. Doubt is when you question God not expecting it to ever be good for you. But a true, sincere question can be asked with the openness and excitement that God's working something for your good, and if I could just know about it, I could get on Jesus' team and be happy about it. And Lord, I love to know if you'll tell me what you're up to in my life, but oftentimes he says, you can't handle it. So I'm going to hold it from you until one day you're ready. Difference is expectation. That's the difference in the question and the doubt, is what you're expecting to get out of the question. Doubting, ask God to prove that God won't and to prove yourself justified for not trusting in God. When you doubt God with your questions, you're expecting him not to answer it. It's like, oh, I bet you really love me, don't you, God, with all this pain in my body. That's, that's not, that's called doubt. See the difference, y'all? But here's the, here's the right way to do it. God, I've got all this pain in my body. There's probably something good you're working out in my life. I'd like to know what it is so that I can work on that. Expecting to receive a revelation because you know your Father is good to you. It depends on the way you ask it. There's nothing wrong with asking your Father for what he's up to, but you've got to trust him. You have to trust him when you don't get the answer you want. It's not okay to doubt God. Why? Because you receive nothing by doubting God. You only receive from God by faith and by believing. Approaching God with doubt never gave you an answer. You will never receive an answer from God by approaching him in prayer, expecting nothing in return. When you approach God, you expect God to give you something that's good for you. You expect a good gift from your father because what father that loves his child would give him a snake when he asks for a fish? That's what the Bible says. You go expecting God to give you something good when you ask the question, not bad. When you go expecting something bad to happen, you get nothing. That's why when we ask our father, we ask in faith, believing in him, not doubting him. James said, famously, we have not because we ask not. But then he clarified and said, if you want to receive, you've got to ask God in context. You've got to ask him the right way with the right intentions. He said, you pray and ask God for things praying amiss. What that means is you ask God for things that he doesn't want to give you, and you put him in a position where he's got to say no to you all the time. But if you'd ever find out what God wants to give you, 
and you start to ask things that God already has for you, you'd start to receive the things that God has for you. If you could align your desires with his desires, you could ask him questions and finally get answers. So what's wrong with us is not what God wants to give us. What's wrong with us is the way we ask him. We ask the wrong questions to God, and we have the wrong intention dealing with God. And if we would ever learn to ask him in context and say, God, I want to pray for things you want me to have. Did you know that if you'll pray for the things that God already has for you, that you'll receive them? He wants me to go to heaven, number one. Don't ask for anything that could hurt you from going to heaven. Number one, God's desire for you is to be saved. Do your questions line up with God's plan for your life? God, I want a lot of money, and God's going to go, why? Can you answer that question for the Lord? Here's what you'll say. Lord, I'll give a lot to you. And the Lord will laugh and say, oh, that's what they all say. How many people have I given them great things, and they've turned their back on me? Yeah. It is the truth. That's why you've got to go ahead and prove it when you don't have a whole lot. So God can trust you, so you can trust you. But we pray for things we don't need. We're not in alignment with our Father. We don't ask for his will to be done. We ask for our will to be done. And the reason we, we ask and don't receive is because we pray amiss. We pray missing the mark. We throw things at God, missing what he wants for us. And we do not receive our prayers answered because we don't ask the right questions if you ever learn to ask what he already wants for you, you'll start getting things. All you've got to do is find out what his will is for your life. And you'll start to receive everything you pray for. How many of you are kind of getting frustrated not hearing God talk back to you? It's all right. You don't have to say amen. Rhetorical question. But if you want God to speak back to you, pray his word. Don't just pray. Pray what he already has promised. If you can pray his promises, you can receive an answer. Stop praying your desires. Stop praying what your flesh wants and start praying what the spirit wants. Get an alignment in prayer and make sure that you're hearing from God. And then when you ask it, you shall receive it. You're not getting one mountain move because it's not God's will to move it. You've got to be in alignment with God to see miracles. Got to be right with God to see your prayers answered. So we have not because we, we ask not. What is it in your life that you don't have right now that you're not asking for? I mean really asking for. What is it right now in your life that you wish you had secretly but you've never invested enough curiosity, humility, faith, to open up your mouth and say it out loud. I wonder how many of us tonight have secret desires we have yet to push out of our lips. Because once we voice them, then they never come, they're always out there. They're to be known by all. And so we hide these things in our hearts, wishing we had the courage to say them out loud. But maybe it's also because we know that that's probably not the prayer we should pray. It's kind of different to ask inside your heart what you, what you want and to think it, but it's harder to ask out loud, Lord, I, I really, I know we can't pay the bills, but I really want a new blender. Lord, do you hear me? 
I want a new blender. I said, I said it. I know I can't pay my bills. I need a blender. I love smoothies. That's, that's a prayer you pray inside. Yeah. That's a prayer you never let out because you know it's probably not wise to pray it. And, and if you can't say it out loud, you can't say it in public, you probably don't need it. Have not because you ask not. Let me give you a couple of examples in the scripture. The Bible says, call for the elders of the church. What that means is ask for prayer. Ask for prayer. Ask for prayer. You're going through it, but you won't let anybody know. You're trying to be strong. You're handling it by yourself. You say things like this, nobody cares. you got to ask. Asking unlocks the favor of God. Asking unlocks faith in somebody else. The reason why nobody's involved in your storm is because you won't humble yourself enough to ask for help. Here's another reason why I'm trying to follow the Holy Ghost. Here's another reason why we don't ask for help. Because when you ask someone for their help, they, they get to do it the way they want. And what we really usually want in people is we don't want them to do it their way. We want to ask people to help our way. So we don't really want help. We want a servant. You, if you're in trouble right now, you don't need somebody that's going to serve you. You need someone that knows more than you. Why are you asking for help and then telling them how to help you? If the one you're reaching out to for help has to be told what to do, then are they really going to be helpful? It would make more sense that you would have people help you that actually can help you. And the reason why we don't always ask is, is because we have to humble ourselves, set aside our pride, and say, he's only 38. How long have they even been in church? That new convert's only been here two years. There's no way. They're young. They messed up last year. Yeah. Takes a lot, doesn't it, to ask for help. Because the devil wants us to say, you know enough. You're good. You don't need anybody's help. You're the boss. But, man, whenever you get to the point where you're able to ask for help, it's amazing how people run to your rescue. People want to help you. People want to pray with you. People care about you. But we just don't want to offend you. And the reason why there's no, no healing in the body is because we're disconnected. We don't talk about what we need help in. We wait till we're crumbling and we pray for a bailout. That's the spirit of the world. We're a bailout culture, not an ask-for-help culture, a prevention culture. So the Bible says, that if you're going through something and you're sick, call for the elders, those with the most experience. Call for them. You know, the disciples couldn't cast out a demon one time or several demons. So they asked Jesus why. Lord, help us to ask questions. If you can't do something, ask questions. If there's something not clicking with your walk with God, ask some questions. Because the Bible says that Jesus gave him an answer. You know what he told him? He said, this kind cannot come out except but by going and playing more golf. No, 
he actually didn't say, go on to eat more food, drink more coffee. He said, you got to pray more. Uh-oh. I shouldn't have asked him. i got to fast more. Okay, listen, we're never going to ask him another question again. Every time we ask him a question, we have to know we're spiritual. You understand? Do you want the demons out? Do you want the demons out? Are you ready for real power in the church? You ready to get past some things we can't get past? Uh, we got to stop acting like we have the answers uh, and start going to God in prayer saying, how come we can't do it? If we're going to see power and authority, we've got to put aside our pride, put aside our machoism, our, our American manliness, and we've got to become godly men and women and say we don't know everything. We don't have the answers. Father, tell me. Lord, help me. Give me the answers. You might not like the answer, but it will give you the power to cast out the demons. You've got to want to cast out the demons more than you don't like his answers have to want to see victory more than those tough answers that God gives you, that you don't like sometimes. Bible says we're supposed to uh, call on the Lord to be saved. That means ask for salvation. That's what it means. Call on means to ask for help. Whenever you can't lift something, you'll call on somebody. You'll wave somebody down. You'll call for help. Your house is on fire. You'll call Mark. You'll call on the fire department. And they'll run in there and help you. You don't call Mark to visit when your house is burning. Hey, Mark. Hey, what's up? Oh, man, I just want to talk to you. What's up in the background? Oh, it's just a fire. <laughs> you know, I'm a fireman, right? Yeah, we just, I just wanted to talk to you. Bible says call. You know your house is burning down right now? Well, the Bible says call. The Bible doesn't say ask for help. We all know what the Bible's saying. The Bible's saying ask somebody for help. So you can't even be saved without questions. Y'all, think about that's powerful right there. Think about that. Think about the responsibility God put on you to ask him for it. God literally has the power to just barely, barely blow, and he can knock down everything coming against you, and he won't until you ask. Doesn't he know I'm lost? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he knows. Trust me, he died for you. Why is he just looking at me? Ask. It's a two-way street, church. If you don't want the help, he's not going to break down your door. If you don't want his help, he's not going to offend you. If you don't want saving, he's not, you're not going to get it. Doesn't everybody know that I'm in trouble? It doesn't matter. Ask. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's the spirit of the enemy right there. I'm, I'm tapping into the, to the enemy's voice that's come against y'all. Some of y'all have said this. Don't they know? Don't they know I haven't been to church in a while? Call on the elders of the church when you're backsliding and realize you're losing your faith and realize you're starting to mess up and sin. Call. Do you want to be found? Can't tell. Can't tell. You left the church. You obviously don't want the help. If you truly want to be saved, the Bible says call on the Lord. Call on the Lord. If you call on him, you will be saved.
Just one phone call. Just one question. Just get out of your pride and get out of all that mess. Get free and say, I want saving. I want answers. I want help. Got to ask for your salvation. That means it's on you. That means if you're lost, it's on you. That means if you stay in your situation, it's on you. I talked about the Chansey this week. He got bad news about his situation. He doesn't have a lot of time. They tell him to hurry and get a transplant for his kidney. And I knew immediately we would have to get the word out. I even told him, you know, we're going to have to get the word out because he needs a, a kidney uh, donor for him. And so if you don't ask, you don't receive. It's hard to put a video out there saying, hey, guys, I got news. I need help. It wasn't easy, was it, Chancy? you think it would be so easy. Your life's on the line. It's not easy. Because you know what that man had to do to ask? He had to confess what his problem was. He had to humble himself and say, unless somebody helps. You know how hard that is to do? That's not easy to do. Some people would rather die than humble themselves and say, my life is in your hands. That's the reason why God is going to provide for my brother because he's got enough faith and curiosity and desire and he's got everything that he needs to get an answer. It takes that in us to stand up and say, I need help. And I believe God will supply it. After Pentecost, the crowd at Pentecost gathered round and the curious Jews heard about Jesus being both the Messiah and the God at the very same time. They heard that he had died on the cross in the book of Acts. They asked, what do we do? Y'all realize that the first great harvest of the church was birthed by a question. What may have never happened in our history if somebody didn't get their friends together and say, hey, 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 I got a question. What do we do? Now, now somebody tell me, how, how, do, how do we know Peter would have said, repent, be baptized? Our most favorite scripture that we know we're saved by it was unlocked for the first time through a man of God who never was told what to say. It was not pre-recorded. It wasn't handed to him, but it came out. It birthed out of him. The revelation came out because somebody in the crowd said, I refuse to just sit back. I want to know, preacher, how do I fix this? And all of a sudden, by the power of the Holy Ghost, uh, the Lord spoke through the apostle Peter, and he began to speak, repent, uh, and get baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost that was preached because somebody asked. You have not because you asked not. What are we missing right now in the church that is one question away from asking? What are we missing right now? I'm not talking about asking for the sake of asking. I'm talking about sincerely, I want to know. 
what can I do to finally make some friends? I know you've asked before, but it's kind of like, yeah, I need friends. What do you mean? I mean getting serious about it. I'm lonely. No one wants to hang out with me. Please tell me why. What's wrong? You don't want to ask because you're going to get the answer. You know you are. What do you want more, the friends or the tough questions? I want the friends. What do you want more, the revival or the tough questions? What do you want more, the power or the tough questions? It's going to be uncomfortable when you ask questions because God's going to give you answers. And you may not like them all the time, but you're going to get so much more because you unlock the power of God through questions. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Lord. I wonder what would happen in the church in the modern day if we start asking, what shall we do? If the first church was born on the question of what shall we do, I wonder what happened in this place right now if somebody said, Lord, what shall I do? It's amazing what can happen when people begin to ask the questions, the real questions that we should be asking. We have uh, we've mastered claiming our promise in the Pentecostal movement. We've got songs about it. I'm coming to a close. We've, we've been taught to make declarations. We've been taught to speak life, and speaking life is biblical. Speaking life is biblical. But it can get out of context. You can speak your life, not his life. You can claim your promise, not his promise. We've gotten a little carried away over the years of running around saying, I'm going to have this by faith. I'm getting that new sports car by faith. I'm getting me a husband by faith. I'm getting me that raise by faith. I'm claiming my promise. Well, we would sing songs about it. We would shout. But the problem that I have with this concept is I don't want to claim my promise. I want to claim his promise. So I feel tonight we need to stop claiming our promises and start claiming his promises. Because, you know, I can't claim anything without God's permission. The heaven is his throne. The earth is his footstool. It's all his. How can you claim something from a God who owns everything? So we have got to change the way we speak life and make sure that we're aligning our desires with his desires because we cannot claim anything that he does not want us to have. Did you know that Abraham, this is really cool, Abraham didn't get to claim what he wanted? You know, I remember when I was younger, preachers preaching about how the Bible says Abraham was called to go. And everywhere he would walk would be his land. And that's a great message for a Sunday night at church where you talk about stomping on the devil's head and taking your territory. But do you realize 
that God said, go, and if you go, I will give you where you go. But it was God that sent him on that mission. So technically, Abraham didn't get to go wherever he wanted. He only got to claim everything he submitted to. And as he began to go where God said to go, God only gave him the territory that he stepped out into that God already said or knew he could have. It was already God's to give, but he couldn't get it unless he claimed the territory that God promised him. So Abraham wasn't claiming his own land. He was claiming the land that God said he could have. I can't march all over my life saying I get this, I get that, that's mine too. I'm just going to be mad at God all the time. The only way to make sure you can claim your promise and your territory is to make sure you really heard from God when he said go. Because if you hear from God say go, everything that you go into, God said you can have it. I want to learn to ask the right questions to God. I want to make sure I'm not claiming my promises anymore. I want to make sure that I grow and I learn. I want to make sure that God teaches me and that I stay humble and I make sure that I have faith, make sure that I stay curious, always wanting more from God. And the only way to do that is to ask questions. For those of you over the years who have been so polite to say, Pastor, I love the way you teach or preach. And there's a handful of you that have consistently uh, been so kind to tell me that you, you learn a lot from my preaching and teaching. And uh, you, you, you brag. And I'm so thankful that you are, are happy. I'm thankful that you enjoy my ministry style. I want to tell those of you who feel that way the reason why I preach the way I preach. Because when I read the Bible, I constantly ask God why. I'm never satisfied. Every scripture that I read, I ask God why. Everything that happens, I ask God why. When someone hurts me, I ask God why. When I hurt somebody, I ask God why. The reason I preach or have revelation is because I'm not afraid of what God will tell me. When he tells me. The reason why I teach or preach or have an idea or help anybody is not because of me, but because I'm not afraid of God telling me something. I'm not afraid of what God tells me or shows me. And so God begins to tell me things and show me things only because I am open. Any area of my life and ministry that is failing right now is because I'm not asking. Any part of my life right now that is hurting is hurting because I haven't gotten the strength yet to say, God, why? Because I'm not ready for the answer. But any area of my life that I am open enough and vulnerable enough to God to say, God, I just would like to know why. God shares it with me. God shows it to me. God unveils it to me. And if you want to unlock the knowledge of God, if you want to unlock the power of God, you've got to start learning how to ask God sincerely the right questions. Because he wants to tell you. He doesn't want to hold anything back from us. He wants to unveil, unlock, and reveal to us. But you have got to be okay 
with the answers that God tells me. Because most of the time, I don't like them in my flesh. Most of the time, it calls me to a higher place. Most of the time, it asks more from me sacrifice. But you know what? I've only been blessed by hearing God tell me the answers. While I haven't always enjoyed the way that I got to that new place, uh, I've always been able to get to that new place. And if you want to get to the next place, uh, you've got to break out of complacency and comfort zones. uh, And you've got to say, dare to say, I don't know everything. I don't care how old I am. I don't care how much money I got in the bank. I don't care. I don't know everything. I want more. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. The Bible promises us if we hunger and thirst after righteousness uh, that we shall be filled. It's a promise from God. You have not because you ask not. You can take the land. You can take the territory. You can have it if God wants you to have it, but you've got to want it as much as God wants to give it. Asking the questions unlocks the power of God. When you're dealing with people in the church, don't ask to trap. Don't ask to hurt. Ask sincerely. Ask to know. When you're dealing with God, sincerely ask God And don't make up your own answers, but be willing to take the tough answers because it will set you free. It will set you free. Anybody want to be free tonight? Does anybody want to be powerful in the Holy Ghost tonight? Does anybody want more? Is anybody just not wanting to settle and stay the same, but you realize you can have more? Can we be curious Christians? I want to do a podcast one day called The Curious Christian, and I want to ask tough questions, and I want God to answer them so that people can have answers. But it only comes through asking those tough questions. Why am I mean? Why am I poor? Why can't I give my riches? God, why? When I pray, nothing happens. Do you really want to know? God's really going to tell you. He's really going to tell you the truth. And that's why you've got to want to know the answers more than you want to be comfortable. You've got to want truth more than you want comfort and chains. You've got to want to know the truth. God, help us love the truth. If you love truth, you'll ask questions. The reason why a lot of my contemporaries are giving up on holiness and I'm trying not to is because I love the truth. Because I love the Word of God. I love doing what's right and not doing what everybody says. I love sticking to the Word of God. I feel, I feel safe with the Word of God. I feel safe with the truth. That's why. And we've got to fall in love with truth, y'all. We've got to want the pain to have the blessing. Dig it all up. Who cares what I find when I ask the question? I want the truth. I want the truth. I'm almost done, but a few months ago, I felt deep in my spirit that there were many people at our church that were afraid of what they'll find when they dig. And the Lord began to talk to me about how there's so much fear behind not asking questions. Because we know if we ask questions, we know what will happen. 
I just want to free someone tonight in the Holy Ghost and tell you, fear not what you'll find when you ask God a question. Do not be worried about what your God who loves you tells you. Do not be worried about the questions that you have for God. Some of you even are scared to ask God if he's real. Don't be afraid of God. Do y'all realize his own disciples questioned him every day on the road? They were walking around and Jesus was doing miracles and they were like, who does he think he is? This guy's crazy. You know, he's from a small town. He's just a carpenter. And Jesus could read their thoughts all the time. Tell me one time Jesus slapped him. Tell me one time he was like, you know what? New disciple group, next. Y'all, they weren't even asking them all, and they were doubting inside their minds. And the Bible tells us that Jesus knew it. And sometimes he would respond, and sometimes he wouldn't. There's nothing wrong with you going to church and having big questions for God. You think you're demonic and you, you think you're backsliding. You're not backsliding until you won't open your mouth and say them. Don't keep going to church with doubt. Because questions that never get answers turn into doubt. And eventually you will backslide. There is nothing to fear. Ask your questions to me. Ask your questions to God. Because you're not going to get kicked out of the church because you're wondering what's going on. In fact, that's faith. If you ask sincerely, it's faith. Dig, dig, dig. I ran across this podcast of a scientist talking about how people who believe we came from monkeys and people who believe that uh, uh, our sexuality, it, it changes and it's fluid, have never gone into the real jungles and researched it. And I ran across a scientist who said that I heard in college that, you know, monkeys will do this and do that, and they taught us that. But then I went out, and I went out for weeks, and I researched in the jungles, and I researched monkeys, and I found out that the things they told me in college were not true. They were not observed in the field. And she said, many of my colleagues will not go look into it because they like the answer that they already have. They're afraid of the truth. Because they built their entire identity off of a lie. They're scared if they find out the truth, it will crush them. But you need to be crushed so that God can build up a brand new person with a brand new heart, a brand new life, a brand new creation. You need to ask questions so that the old you, the old shape can be crushed down and the new man can live and God can form you and fashion you the way he wants you to be. Fear not what you'll find in deep prayer meetings. Fear not what you'll find in counseling sessions. Fear not what you'll find studying your Bible. Nothing there is meant to hurt you. It's all there to produce the truth. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand together. Lord, you are so good to us. Thank you, God. We will have it. Because we will learn to ask it. We've been let down so many times. We, we're scared to ask. We've asked so many people for love and they've let us down. We've asked people for help. They've hurt us. Just don't know if I can bear asking again. 
Because to ask makes me vulnerable. To ask makes me open. To ask makes me maybe get rejected. So if I just stay in my little, my little private space and never ask, I'll never be disappointed. But that's a lie. You are disappointed right now. You hear me tonight? You're hurting right now. Right now, you're dissolving and falling to pieces. Because the devil's lied to you and said, just stay right here alone. Don't get hurt again, but you're hurt. And the only way to get healed is to open the wound up and let the good physician come in. You don't get better. It's a lie. Listen to me. You don't get better holding on to your pain silently, hoping you won't get hurt again. Who cares if you don't get hurt again if the hurt you have now doesn't ever get healed? It doesn't matter, does it? So you know the only way to get healed tonight is to ask the questions, to open up your spirit, to deal with the roots, and say, I might not like what I hear, but I am hurting, I'm dying, I'm suffering, and I refuse to sit here without power and authority. I'm going to ask the tough questions. No matter how hard it hurts, I know it will be for a season and I shall come out of this. I challenge you right now in the Holy Ghost to ask again, to open up your heart again, to be curious about God again, to seek Him again and not close off your spirit, to to try again, to become that questioning, loving saint of God who truly wants the truth again. You want more. You're not satisfied. You have faith Oh, God, unlock us tonight, right now, to not be afraid of what we'll find. Release us tonight in the name of Jesus, uh, to not be afraid. In the name of Jesus, release us, God, from our past and our perspectives, uh, to try again, to go boldly before the throne, to go boldly before the throne. Listen to me, Esther. Go before. I know you're scared, but go by faith. You shall receive it. You shall receive it by faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. God is going to unlock the blessings from heaven over our church and our families uh, if you will get to a place uh, of great boldness, uh, asking him for help, uh, asking others for help. Uh, Stop dying by yourself spiritually and ask for help. Uh, Adam and Eve, come out of hiding. You're not going to get better hiding. You need to be covered. You need to get a covering. You need to find your God again. You need help. You're drowning. You're drowning by yourself, but you won't ask for help if you'll just get that spirit about you that says, I'm going to ask until I get the answers. I'm going to ask for help until I get help. I'm not dying by myself. Questions can save us, and you can't be saved without a question. Can we lift our hands together tonight and ask God some questions? Lord, I want you to... Tell me your will, God, for my life. God, I want you to help me with things I'm battling. God, I'm asking you for revelation for my past. I'm asking you tonight, God, to to, to show me the way for my loved ones, my family, my finances. God, I don't know why this is happening, but I'm I'm okay now. I'm okay asking you. I'm okay asking you, Jesus. Uh, I'm not afraid of what I'll find. I'm not afraid of what will happen. I trust you. You're a good father. You're not going to hurt me with the truth. Uh, You're going to love me with the truth. Uh, You're a good father. I want to know everything. I want you to to trust me with the knowledge. It won't hurt me or offend me, God. I want to know things. I want to be more open. I want to be healed from things that have happened to me. I want to be someone who can question the right way, question to learn, question because I'm thirsty, question because I want more of you. That's the kind of questions we got to get in our spirit tonight, not doubt, but just real sincere questions. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we love you.
In the name of Jesus, God, let that be in our hearts at AFC. Let us be a people that ask questions. Thank you, Jesus. We have not because we ask not. Thank you, Jesus. We have not because we ask not. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, God. We love you, Lord. You're so good to us. We worship you tonight, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Give us, God, the freedom. Give us, God, the boldness to rise up and ask the questions. I pray in the name of Jesus, set free right now by your authority. Everyone who is afraid to go to those places again, by the name of Jesus, we are not those people. We are not those people. We are people that are not afraid of our God. We are people not afraid of the truth. We are people not afraid of the light. We are not afraid of coming out. We are not afraid of the truth. It's freedom. It's joy. It's liberty. Help us, God, to be these people that unlock a revival with good questions. Help us, God, to figure out everything we don't have right now and tell us the reasons. Help us, God, in Jesus' name. Set us free, God, from fear in Jesus' name. I declare it over us right now by the authority of Jesus. Ask for help in Jesus' name, church family. Ask for help. Ask for help. Ask for help. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. You're good to us, God. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for your spirit tonight that's talking to us. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Thank you, God. I'm, I'm okay with God just talking to some of you right now. I want God to get right through the emotion, straight to your mind, and make your mind up right now. i got to change this about me. i got to change this. I don't ask near enough questions. I really don't. But, God, I've got to be free of the fear behind it. I will overcome in Jesus' name. Before we go tonight, will you pray a spirit of faith to get a hold of your neighbor beside you? Would you just join together and pray for faith? Would you pray that there be no fear in us or among us? We've got to have enough faith to go before the Lord, to go before our brothers and sisters. We're afraid of each other. We shouldn't be afraid. We shouldn't be afraid of questions. We shouldn't be afraid of meetings. We shouldn't be afraid of gatherings. We, we should be able to speak faith. We should be able to grow with each other. God, I pray for faith. I pray for humility. I pray for curiosity. And I pray for faith among our brothers and sisters, God. This is who we are. This is who we're called to be. We are a people that thirst. We're a people that hunger. We're a people that want more. We're not a people that are satisfied or sit back and have all the answers. That's what the enemy says. But God, you sent the messenger tonight to help us in the name of Jesus. I want to be free from that. I want to be open again. I want to be open again. Come on, open up your spirit tonight, my brothers and sisters. Don't be closed up. Don't be closed up. That's the enemy trying to make you isolate and be independent. You have hope tonight. You have hope tonight. God wants to give it to you. Do you want to walk in it? Do you want to go into it? Are you willing to sacrifice whatever it takes to get the truth? 
Oh, God, I want the truth about my family, my children. I want to make sure my kids are saved. I want to ask the right questions to get the right answers so that I can be blessed. I can overcome the battle that's coming against me. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in shame. Don't live in all that condemnation, but just start to ask God from a sincere heart, and he will feel you, and he will help you, and he will bless you. He will give you the Holy Ghost if you just ask. Just tell the Lord I'm ready. Just tell the Lord I want to be full. Just say, Lord, what do you want for me? What do you have for me? He will tell you the answers, and it will be the best answer. It will bless you. Come on, the smartest men ask the best questions. The wisest women ask the best questions. Let's have curiosity, humility, and faith so that we can ask God. We can talk to God, not be afraid of God. Thank you for faith tonight. Thank you for faith tonight. Thank you for faith tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid of what God shows me about myself. I'm not going to be afraid. I trust you, Lord. You're good to us. You're a good father. You give good gifts only. Thank you for healing us tonight and, and ministering to us tonight. In the name of Jesus, thank you for our great church. Thank you, God, for these great people. Thank you, Jesus, for speaking to us right where we live, God. Helping us think, helping us open up our minds tonight. I'm going to question you, God, but I'm not going to do it wrong. And you're going to show me things. And you're going to give me things. And it's going to bless me. And it's going to bless me. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I love you, church, and I'm here for you. And please reach out to us and please ask questions if it's amazing. It's amazing. You know, you know, when I preach sometimes and you guys are saying amen, it just pulls stuff out of you. And when you're teaching Bible studies and people ask you a question, doesn't it pull stuff out of you? Doesn't it make you want to help people more? When they're like, tell me more about the, the, the oneness of God. Doesn't it just kind of bring something, Brother Hugh, doesn't it bring something out of you when somebody says, tell me about that Greek word? We know Brother Hugh loves them Greek words. Doesn't it just, man, you get by the hue on Greek words, you ain't going to finish your meal. He ain't going to finish his meal, I should say. His steak will get cold. I've been there with him. But when you begin to ask questions, it pulls anointing out of people. It pulls the gifts of God out of people. If we would ask more, we would receive more. God's going to bless us. Are you ready to be blessed? Let's unlock the heavens over our church in Jesus' name. Let's unlock the power of God over us and see miracles, signs, and wonders. In Jesus' name, please keep an eye on the weather. Be safe. If you need to hang out for a little bit, uh, uh, we can. We can. You, I got extra pillows if you want to. So, no, I'm just kidding. My wife says no. She vetoes that one. And so, thank you. God bless you. But we love you all, and we're here for you all. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed. Be safe. Watch the weather. I'm sure you'll be fine. In Jesus' name, Amen.